Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. be singing as I go. I hope and pray He does that for you too. That's why He came, that we might have life and life abundant. That we might have joy and peace. Ultimately, He came to save us, but all those are byproducts. And out of that, when we get to John chapter 7, He says, out of, at the end of it, He says, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. You'll be empowered by the Spirit to live that life of joy and peace and abundant life that He wants us to have. I want to go back today to John chapter 7, and and I really want to kind of camp on this idea again for just a minute about the fact that, about the glory of Jesus and who He really is. And let's go back and read verses 14 to 24 today. Maybe we'll get through with that today. Now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught, and the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never studied? That's John chapter 7, verse 14 and 15. And then in verse 16 it says, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine or my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will... He shall know concerning the teaching or the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, You have a demon who is seeking to kill you. Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but a judge with righteous judgment. So as we get into the section of Scripture again, Remember we were saying about Jesus' brothers in the first section that they wanted Jesus to go up because they liked uh, being Jesus' brothers. You know, I don't know if any of y'all had anybody in your family that was popular. Maybe you were the popular one, I don't know. But we always like to ride on the coattails of somebody that's popular. We like to be near those popular people. And that's what his brothers wanted. And they liked the popularity of Jesus and so they were important because Jesus was important so they wanted him to go back up there to the feast and show out and show everybody and get his crowds back and and then they would be important again and then there's another crowd that's at the feast and these are the Pharisees these are the Jews the people that hate Jesus and they hate Jesus for basically the same reason that that his brothers like Jesus Brothers like him because they're popular because of him. But see, 
They don't believe he's to Christ yet. But the Pharisees hate Jesus because guess what? They, they are the popular people. They are the high and mighty crowd. They are the people that everybody looks to. And guess what? Everybody's leaving them and going to Jesus. And so there's two groups of people here and two reasons that they want to see Jesus. And even though they like him or dislike him, ultimately it's the same thing. Pride and popularity and wanting to be seen and want to be praised. And we just, y'all sang the song right before we got started, praise him, praise him. And remember we talked about how he went up into the temple and he started teaching and they were amazed because he taught as one having authority, as the Bible says elsewhere. But they were amazed because he had never formally been taught. But he was God, first of all, so he knows all the scriptures. Number two, he had to learn the scriptures as, as a child. But Jesus says in verse 16, his doctrine is not his, right? But his who sent him. So it's... His, his teaching came from the Father. And then, and then we kind of camped on this idea for a minute that if anyone wills to do His will, then He will know concerning the teaching whether it's from God or whether I speak on my own authority. In other words, if you're willing to trust Jesus and see Him for who He is and believe Him for who He really says He is and know Him for who He is, then you will be able to know Him. And then we kind of stopped and said that the reason He kept on telling parables and the reason He was made it harder and harder and harder for these Pharisees in chapter 5 where He told Him He was the, the bread of life in chapter 6, He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood was because He was trying to make it harder for them because He knew they didn't believe. He knew they wouldn't believe. And so He just basically drove a wedge in between himself and them because they weren't willing to come to him and he will tell them that many times he says and you are not willing to come to me that you might believe and because they were not willing to come they were not willing to open it to hear who he really is then they never knew and I've heard that all my life that you know basically if if you want to know who Jesus is, and I've told people in the past to ask God, or if you're really sincere about seeking God, just say, God, show yourself to me. Show me that you're real. Show me that you're the Jesus of the Bible. And He will reveal Himself. But if you're not willing to believe in the Jesus of the Bible, He's not willing to show Himself who He really is to you. And so these Pharisees will never know who Jesus is because they were not willing to understand. They were not open. And so belief is not really a matter of ignorance. It's really a matter of the heart. Remember I said that the, that the number one theme song for funerals is I did it my way. And I just kind of wanted to camp for just a minute longer because, see... God wants people who are willing to follow Him, willing to do what He wants them to do. And I wanted to kind of run over to Psalm chapter 1 for a minute. Excuse me, Proverbs chapter 1 for just a minute. And this was something I kind of ran across. And in Proverbs chapter 
1, basically he says in verse 20, he says, uh, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the opening of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And for scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn it by rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you, because I have called and you have refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call on me and I will not answer. They will seek me diligently but they will not find. Because they hated knowledge. And did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel. And despise my every rebuke. Therefore they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But listen what he says. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. He says that wisdom cries aloud. And I think in this passage... This is really like a personification of Jesus. Because who is the source of all wisdom? God and Jesus, right? And so what he's saying is that, that, that Jesus has all the wisdom. And that's what it says in James chapter 1, verse 5, when you're going through trials, when you're going through troubles, ask God for wisdom who gives to all liberally and without reproach and He will give to you. But don't ask uh, not believing because if you ask like the double-minded man and you don't believe, you're like the sea, the, the wave tossed to and fro by the wind on the sea, and let not that double-minded man think he will receive anything. What Jesus is saying here and what God is saying through here is that scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. And then he goes on and talks and he says they will call and they will answer. And, and I will not answer. They will seek me, but they won't find me because they did not choose to fear the Lord. They did not want anything to do with my counsel. They didn't want anything to know. didn't want to know anything from God. That, that goes back to what Jesus said. If you want to know the truth, God will show you the truth. If you're really sincere about knowing it. But so many people, they come to church say, do their own thing, and I'm not talking about necessarily here, but you know, some have come, and some may still come. There may be one here today. I don't know, but a lot of times people want to believe in the God that they have, and and it's not always the God of the Bible. I mentioned last week that I think maybe one or two people might have quit coming because they've been taught differently. But the Bible tells us there's only one God. I don't care what your church has taught you because this is what counts as this Bible and this Word. This is the important thing. Not that I'm the master of everything and I know everything, but I know that there's only one way to heaven. I know that this Bible teaches only one truth 
And I know that unfortunately a lot of people go to places and churches that don't teach that. It's unfortunate. But but if you really want to know the truth, if you really want to understand who God is, you will find Him. And Psalm Proverbs 8.17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. A couple of more verses. Isaiah 45. He says, I have not spoken in secret in the dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Basically, God says, If you want to find me, you can find me. He wants us to know His will. He wants us to follow Him. He wants us to understand who He is. He's not trying to hide Himself from us. He loves us and He cares for us. He likens Himself to a father. and A father loves his children, doesn't he? And if he's a good father, he doesn't come home and hide from his children. He doesn't say, well, guess what I want you to do for me today? <laughs> he tells them what he does. He tells them he loves them. He tells them he cares. And I found so many verses, and I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to spend all that time looking at them, even though I looked them up just for me. But when we got back to verse 18, he says, He who speaks from his self, back in John chapter uh, 7, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. And basically what he says here again about the seeking the glory. And, and I wrote down a few more verses that, that Jesus writes. He says, if anyone desires to come after me and follow me, Mark sixteen twenty four, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. The Bible talks about the word glory 351 times according to the version I looked up yesterday. I used a little computer tool and I typed in the word glory and it said it came up 351 times. God is serious about us understanding who He is and that He gets all the praise. He gets all the honor. He gets all the glory. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that's ultimately what God wants us to do, is to glorify Him, to honor Him, to praise Him. And then what the verse says about us being the lights of the world in Matthew, I believe it's chapter 6, where He says, Ye are the lights of the world. And He says, To let your light so shine. In other words, let your light so shine, your works, the things that you do for me, so shine that others may see your good works and do what? Glorify me, your Father who's in heaven. And so I just wanted to camp on that for just a minute. One person basically put it this way, that pride at its core is the craving for human approval. And if pride is at the root, faith can't be at the root. As we realize that that God loves us and God cares for us, that when we look at this section of Scripture, we realize that when we look at it, that that God wants the glory. That's the reason He did everything the way He did it. And the way we know Jesus is the Savior is because He came, He says, to give glory to the Father. 
He says in John 17, I have glorified you here on earth. Now, Father, glorify me with the glory which I had in heaven before the foundation of the earth. It says in Philippians 2, 5-11 that he, he humbled himself. He became obedient. He, he divested himself of all his heavenly praise, his gifts and abilities. Not that he didn't, wasn't still God. But he gave up those privileges so that he might come to earth, so that he might die on the cross, so that he might come to seek and save that which is lost, to, to come and not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As he finishes that up, he says, there's no unrighteousness in the one who seeks another's glory, but, but if we're seeking our own glory, that's when we get in trouble. One man said that the way that ultimately the new birth, believing in Christ, is exchanging a heart that loves praise for a heart that loves to praise Him. That's good, isn't it? I mean, exchanging a heart that loves praise for one that wants to praise Him, that loves to praise Him. Well, let's move on to verse... uh, 19, he says, Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keep the law? Why do you seek to kill me? So Jesus confronts these people. He says, basically, Moses gave you the law. You don't keep the law. What do you mean? We try to keep all these laws. And then he says, why do you seek to kill me? I mean, killing is really one of the worst things you could do breaking the commandments right I mean he says love the Lord thy God with all the heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself you surely don't love your neighbor if you want to kill him (laughs) and then he says the people answered and said you have a demon who's seeking to kill you see there's actually three groups of people here there's the Pharisees the Jews that hate him that want to kill him there's the people who are there at the feast in Jerusalem that don't know anything about this. And then there's the Jews that live in Jerusalem, the, the regular people. So there's three groups of people, and the people who are just coming to Jerusalem for this feast, remember they're at a feast of the Passover, not the Passover, we don't know which one it is, but the feast... And, and they don't know that the Pharisees are trying to kill Jesus. So what do they do? They accuse him of having a demon. He, he's been accused of that before. Jesus answered and said to them, verse 21, I did one work and you all marvel. You know what he goes back to? He's going back to John chapter 5, verse 1 to 18, where he healed the man that was paralyzed on the Sabbath. And remember, they cared more about the man carrying his bed than they did about the man being healed. The man had been paralyzed for 38 years. And what did Jesus do? Heal him. Tell him to take up your bed. Walk. Leave. Don't come back. Don't leave that bed because you'll be tempted to come back to the old ways you used to have. But carry that bed off. And, and he says, I did one work and you all marvel. And, and they all were amazed, but it was another amazement just as they were amazed at his teaching. It's another amazement because they hate him. They're astonished 
that he has the nerve to get up and do these things when they're the rulers, they're the authorities. You're breaking my law. Not God's law, but my law. That's what they think. He says, Moses therefore gave you circumcision. Not that it's from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so the law of Moses should not be broken. Are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? What he says is, basically, remember the Old Testament law commanded that a child would be circumcised on that eighth day, right? I mean, it was, it was a law. Circumcise that child on the eighth day. So what happens if it falls on the Sabbath? Well, the Pharisees would say, we need to go ahead and Sabbath. Circumcise them because the higher law is God commanded it. And, and it's higher law to, to circumcise that kid than it is to not work, which that really isn't work. So Jesus says to him, look, if you're going to do that to a child and you're just going to work on one part of him, then I made, a, I made a man completely well. I fixed his whole body. I didn't fix just one little piece of him. I fixed his whole body. And, and you're going to get mad because I made a man well? It goes back to their heart. It goes back to the fact that we are to love people and care for people. And we are to be long-suffering and patient with people. But just like God is. But instead, they are hateful. They, they are mad and angry with every little thing. Because Jesus breaks their law. Breaks their authority. It makes them look bad. They hate Him. And they hate the man. So, what does he say in verse 24? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. In other words, don't, don't just look at what's going on here on the outside. Look at me for who I am. See me for who I am on the inside. That's what Jesus says. And isn't that what, what God wants us really to do with all people? We look at the outside and we see people and we see mean and hatefulness and aggravation and all kinds of stuff in people because we're pretty tough. I mean, a lot of us, we're, we, you know, we have attitudes and things, the way we act, things we do that, that are just not right. But, you know, deep down inside of all of us is, is a little child that just wants to be loved. That wants to be cared for. That wants to be have some friends and have some people that love them and care for them. And, and that's all any of us really want. But sometimes because we don't get what we want, we act out in all these different ways. And I, I found that the people, seems like the people who are the most hateful, the people who are the most bitter and the most angry and the most aggravating, are the people that really need the love the most. Did you know that? They need the love the most because really they're broken inside. And there's something wrong on the inside that only love and God can fit. And those people that are mean and aggravating and whatever, God wants us to love those people. He says to love those who curse you and despitefully use you, doesn't He? He says to love everybody. 
regardless of who they are. Love is the greatest command. And what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the whole love chapter, he says, we can do all these things, but if we don't have love, we're nothing. What does love do? It overlooks things. It thinks no evil. It cares for people no matter who they are. Thinks the best of them. It, it just goes on and on and on. It, it overlooks things done against us. And that's what Jesus did. He, he loved these people and He kept giving them chance after chance after chance to really know who He was so that they could go to heaven. And we need to give people chance after chance after chance to be loved and cared for and understand that God loves them and that God cares for them and that the only way we're going to reach some people is to love on them, right? What is that verse in 1 Corinthians 13? says, love covers a multitude of sins. That it overlooks those things. I guess in the old movie years ago it said in love story says love means never having to say you're sorry. I, I don't know that that's really the, the way you describe it, but I guess in one way, if you really love somebody, you won't expect them to have to say you're sorry because you're going to love them for who they are, regardless of how bad off they are. Because we all have problems, don't we? All of us struggle. All of us can be pretty mean at times and aggravating and frustrating and all that stuff. And so we need to realize that everybody else needs love just like we do. And if we look deep down inside the heart of people, we'll see them for who they really are. Well, let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You. We praise You for who You are. And we just ask today that You would be with us as we... Uh, finish up this service uh, that you would that you have been honored and glorified Lord if there's areas in our life we need to fix Lord if uh, we just need to work on our lives and work on our love and realize that how much you loved everybody when you came down here and put up with all the things you put up with and that you wanted to show people who you were but they weren't willing to understand. They weren't willing to listen. And even though you gave yourself to them fully and completely, they turned from you. Lord, help us to be the same with other people. Let us love them and care for them and give ourselves completely to them and love on them unconditionally that they might know you and they might ultimately realize that they are loved and cared for. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for all you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, 
to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 8.32